Jeremy here. Just before we get into the show, wanted to give an update. We have a new tier on our Patreon. That is the Sheikah supporter tier for $5 or more a month. You get a week early access to episodes as well as getting to pick games that you play alongside us. Each month, people in this tier can pick a game that we'll play. We'll stream it on our Discord for everyone else to see. And uh, it's been a lot of fun. We just played the Rogue Hero Ruins of Tassos game, uh, which is this roguelike, Zelda-like game that uh, is very similar to the old Four Swords games. It's very chaotic. It's very, very fun. If you want to join up in that, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild. If you can't afford that, we do still have the smaller tier. Just a reminder, people that join in that tier, they get ad-free episodes. They also get access to our side quests episodes, where once a month we record an episode just talking about all the other games that we have been playing. You also get to pick the games that we play in between Zelda games, what we call our Gaiden games, as well as getting a shout-out. If that sounds good to you, once again, go to patreon.com slash chat of the wild sign up support us we really appreciate it anyways that's all i have so let's get on with the show hi i'm daniel founder of pretty litter cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter that's why i teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create pretty litter its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80 percent less than clay litter Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Chat of the Wild is part of the HyperX Podcast Network. To find out more information and other great shows, go to podcast.hyperx.com. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Chat of the Wild. In this season, we are playing The Legend of Zelda Spirit Tracks. Joining me for this season, we've got Brian Hour taking a drink. Ah, taking a drink of my coffee. Hi, I'm here. <laughs> BC Nelson. Uh, this season brought to you by Keyline LaCroix. <laughs> <laughs> and special guest for this season from the R3 Cents podcast, Jonathan Dunn. Hello there. It's far too late in the UK for coffee. <laughs> Never. What? <laughs> You're not playing hard enough. Just a, a generic uh, orange drink, maybe. It's 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 you know. <laughs> and I'm Jeremy Harvey. Uh, Jonathan, uh, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about your your podcast? Uh, so, uh, our podcast, and originally it was called Our Three Cents, which, uh, featured me and my two friends, Chris and Minty, uh, counting down our top hundred favorite video games of all time. So there was three 
three top 100 lists, three hundreds, three cents. That was the idea. Um, we managed to crowbar, well, we managed to stretch that format out for about three years uh, and and finally reached the apex of our lists um, earlier earlier this year. Uh, so now we're we're back with uh, with a, with a new format, um, slightly new branding. O3C Games, O3C Podcast, uh, and what we're doing now is uh, we're we're going back through our top hundred lists and trying to crowbar in the games that we've played uh, in the last three years that we think actually need to feature <laughs> in our lists and and re rejigging, reappraising sort of all of those games. Okay. So chatting about what we're playing at the moment answering questions and uh and generally sort of talking up and diving right into <laughs> just full-on game chat yeah i always nice. wondered did you guys make your list of 100 before the show started or we did yeah was so it changing was... as it went along well, we we thought we sort of foresaw the problem that that could happen. Um, uh, so we did. We when we when we started the show, we said, right, we're drawing a line under this top hundred okay. list. Um, and then you know when we get to the end of it, then we can rejig things. But it's it's okay. mad to think like for someone like me, like I feel that my my identity as a gamer is kind of defined by roguelikes and uh, souls likes. Mm. Mm-hmm. And three years ago, I'd never played Dark Souls. Uh, <laughs> and uh and 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 things like i'd never played um dead cells i'd never played bloodborne um mm-hmm. there's so many big games that i i hadn't played and also you know so many little games that i i hadn't played games that didn't exist at the time so it's really nice to be spending this season now sort of going back through that play history and uh yeah and um and giving them their sort of their, their their due diligence in our lists, and also it's quite fun to then sack off games from our lists as well. Oh yeah, never mind. Like when we when we were you know dedicating like an hour long episode to talking about uh, you know a game, it's like you really have to work sometimes quite hard to justify its place in your list. And sometimes mm-hmm. I know we all felt that we were clutching at straws a little bit, thinking actually you know what I really. I really just shouldn't have had Sonic 3D in my list at all. <laughs> uh, so now we can say, right, doesn't matter. Sonic 3D is out, and you know, uh, all these new games are in. Um, but it has I don't been know what I was thinking about Pinbot. That shouldn't have been there at all. <laughs> exactly. Right. Just waking up in the morning, being like, "All right, time to record." What am I talking about? Wait, who put this in here? Who put this in here? <laughs> so we'll we'll be looking forward to your new number one episode about Hades. It's 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 possible. Hades is, is certainly in uh, in consideration for uh, uh, for inclusion into my top hundred list. Now I will say that much at least. At least we may we may all end up with new number one games. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I probably won't. I might do. I don't know. <laughs> also, I'd like you to, uh, as you introduce yourself to our audience, tell us about your history with Zelda. Let's start. What's your favorite Zelda? Ooh. Now, the, the tricky thing when we were doing our lists was we, mm-hmm. we made the decision to say they this was our 100 favourite games as opposed to the 100 greatest games or the best right. games yep. we'd ever played. Because I, I would yeah. say, f- from an objective point of view, The Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild is the greatest game ever made. I, 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 just, I don't see how people can objectively argue that any other way. I... It- same. <laughs> <laughs> However, I've had a lot, much longer history uh, with with games that have been more personal to me, like Link's Awakening, which was the very first Zelda game I played, and uh, The Wind Waker, which was the first proper 3D Zelda game that I owned and was obsessed with. 
and um, the Wind Waker was was what ended up as the as the highest Zelda game in my uh, in my list. I think it ended up being my third my third favorite game of all time was a uh, Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. But um, if if it was a case of saying you can only play one Zelda game for the rest of your life, it would be Breath of the Wild because. Not I think idiot. you could actually do that too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. Economically, it makes sense. <laughs> yeah. Like it's the mo- it's yeah. it's the right choice. Exactly. But then I'm I'm always you know I'm always a bit of a sucker for an underdog as well. So the games that get a little bit less love, um, like Oracle of Ages, I think is an absolute masterpiece. Um, and I think is a yeah is an unsung hero. Um, and uh, yeah. All right. Zelda's uh, cool. And yeah, Zelda's pretty neat. Uh, what what is your what is your least favorite Zelda? Ooh. Uh, oh, I mean it's it's a it's a hands down easy decision for me because I recently played Skyward Sword for the first time and I played oh. the Skyward Sword HD uh, version on the Switch. Oh. Um, and uh, I so I, I didn't I didn't play the original version, uh, so I was I was coming to it fresh. I I'll say for, first off, I think the porting team did an unbelievably good job at porting that game over to a console with standard controls uh, I, I tried playing it with the motion controls with the Joy-Con a, a little bit but I don't really play my Switch in docked that much and I don't really like motion controls so the, the way that they implemented the motion controls onto buttons and joysticks was mm-hmm. is, is absolutely phenomenal uh, unfortunately uh, it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's but... it, it, it is the only game in history that asks you to play it like that uh, and you know for somebody who's played a lot of 3d action adventure games and you know I was I was right in the middle of playing Monster Hunter Rise at the time uh, and uh, and it took me a little while to get used mm. to that because I and I was trying to tweak all the controls in Monster Hunter to be more like Dark Souls um, and then uh, yeah and then Skyward Sword came along and it took me probably about 10 15 hours to get used to those controls and it took me about 20 hours of monster hunter afterwards to get used to <laughs> normal game controls again yeah. um so I, I'm, unfortunately that you know sort of marred my experience of the game because there, there were a lot of things i liked about it i liked the visual design of it i know that was quite divisive at the time but then you know i think the art style of, of the zelda games has been has been absolutely spot on in terms of making sure that the games are timeless um and i love some of the writing in it i think it's i think it's one of the best written zelda games i think the supporting Mm -hmm. characters i think um fee is brilliant i think oh who's that guy who's the guy the guy with the hair and the gruce Gruce. yes yes he was like oh i was so touched by his 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 character arc it was wonderful it was wonderful um and uh yeah but it's i i i know i i know for a fact i'm never going to play that game again that's because a, it's not going oh, so to be something so we won't have you on for our, our <laughs> you, can, you can do if you want somebody just to bring everything down a bit but uh yeah <laughs> that's an interesting point though that that just changing the motion controls into you know controller controls turns that game into just something that is unlike anything else out there just yeah based on what they need you to do it, it's kind of a, a weird translation i never thought about it like that i mean i think like you know the zelda series is uh i mean you look you look at the way that ocarina of time works in terms of controlling action in a 3d space and just like the z targeting or l targeting or whatever it is in in games now uh, that was the first game to do that uh, and then every other game went 
well, this is how you do it. This is how you solve uh, the, the issue of combat in a 3D space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you can imagine, though, that when people were trying to figure out the best way to do 3D controls uh, in, in terms of you know moving in a 3D space and all that sort of stuff, they must have gone through ideas like the Skyward Sword setup, being like, oh, maybe if you use this control stick to move their arms and this control yeah. stick to move their legs, <laughs> yeah. you end yeah. up with something like Octodad. And, I mean, to be fair, that's a crossover I'd quite like to see. Um <laughs> I'm, Bruce. I'm, I'm trying to think of the game that the game in the review, but there was some early review of like a a first person shooter, and they said, "Oh, you have to use two sticks to control, uh, <laughs> you can, to could like to move and shoot." And like this is horrible. This will never yeah. catch on. And now it's like a standard. So how many well, abandoned yeah, but- control schemes are there out there? Exactly. That that reviewer was probably like my dad who grabbed the N64 controller for the first time and tried to use it like an, an 80s arcade game and like fair hold enough. the joystick yeah. with his fingers. <laughs> and... I mean, to be fair, I still get livid when it says press R3 and I'm like... <laughs> Looking no. around all over the controller. Because it short, doesn't even label R3. it. It's, exactly, exactly. It's not even a labeled button. No, it's yeah, a secret they... language. <laughs> yeah, it was one of those things where one day everyone was just like, "Yeah, R three, yeah, okay, that's what it is." Yeah. The weird thing Overall is like how, how natural it feels for that to be the run button with things. So it's it's just like, like, it just ugh, feels right. Click R three, but yeah, we go. Anyway, that's not what we're talking about here. <laughs> um, lastly, before we get into the game, I do want to know uh, what's your experience with the DS Zeldas? Yeah, um, Are you ready for so- a new least favorite Zelda game? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean. It, there is an interesting sort of parallel with Skyward Sword because obviously uh, Phantom Hourglass and Spirit Tracks are very much built on the same mentality of we need to make uh, a Zelda game using this control gimmick mm-hmm. that is is you know is, is central to, to to this console. Yeah. Um. And and even I you know I when I first played Phantom Hourglass and when I first played Spirit Tracks I I, I loved them I had a really good time with them. Um. And to be fair to Nintendo who go, you know what, we reckon we can make a Zelda game where you control it entirely with a touchscreen. They did. They absolutely did. It is definitely nowhere near as good as playing it just with standard <laughs> controls. No, <laughs> you don't gain anything. You know, <laughs> no, you don't. You don't gain anything. The only, like, I'm sure, I can't remember if it's in Spirit Tracks or if it's in Phantom Hourglass, but the only, the, the only like, function that a DS has that uh, is utilised to make Zelda a better game is some puzzle at some point where you have to close the DS to transfer a stamp <laughs> yeah. from, like, the top screen to the bottom yeah. screen. That is, like, the only time I've ever gone... Couldn't do that on something it's else. It's all brilliant. downhill from there. <laughs> the right. entire so, yeah. DS family of systems just just tanks right after that moment. But I mean, they I, went I, they, they went at it saying, "Yeah, we need to make a Zelda game that takes full advantage of the DS," mm. and then they didn't realize that their their list of bullet points was so short. <laughs> when they were just like, "Oh, we we have five things. We needed twenty. Uh, well, let's just keep making a Zelda game, I guess." Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, exactly. Uh I mean I, I'm glad that they didn't make oh maybe they did. Did they make you blow into the microphone to blow oh, the yes. sail in Phantom Hourglass? Yeah. No, not to That's, not to blow the sail, but you do have like to blow Yeah. You make sounds to get people's attention mm-hmm. in it. Sure, sure. It, it because kills having, emulation. One, having one character in the game going Yo, listen, wasn't annoying enough. Uh, <laughs> and as we found out, uh, you can have different levels of 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 yelling as Jeremy got like a better 
I got the high score of yelling, baby. Yeah, than we did because <laughs> I just simply blew on the microphone to be like, I know this registers, so yeah. it'll be fine. Yeah, <clears throat> it's like when you realize you can win a game of Wii Tennis by sitting on the sofa, mm-hmm. um, just twirling your wrist. Yeah, everyone starts up, you know, on you know on on the floor, and then eventually they're just like, <laughs> yeah, I can sit down and bowl and get a strike. Never, <laughs> I, I will never do it. I'll always be so in for it. So, Jonathan, one thing that we do, or we try to remember to do whenever we start off a Zelda season, is talk about what we named our Link. Mm. Uh, it lets you name it whatever you want. Sometimes you can throw symbols in there. You can do whatever you want. Jonathan, what did you name your Link? Uh, well, very imaginatively, uh, and also quite egocentrically, he is called Jonathan. <laughs> oh. oh, okay. Which is that something is, you've always done? You know what? Like, if it, it fits. It, it's, uh, it, I'm always pleased when Jonathan fits, other, exactly. as opposed to just having to be Jonathan um, or Jonathan. But, um, Eight characters. Yeah, it, it did fit. It did fit. And uh, I, I, But usually I just name him Link because that's his name. <laughs> <laughs> uh, BC, what'd you name yours? Um, so as we'll get into, I'm playing on the Wii U port um, so at the time I was a little mm-hmm. uh, uh, dis- discombobulated due to the <laughs> interface that I was working with, and it actually autofills your username into uh, oh into the name. I, I didn't know that that was a thing, so I'm just oh. named BC because it automatically I opened it up and it said my name. That's okay. how he ended up going, we, being called Jonathan feature. in mine. How, lo- how much time do you think it took them to program that? <laughs> the thing that's completely unnecessary. I mean, to pass really one weird. value to a game from a completely different system? Who knows? <laughs> uh, Brian, what about you? I mean, do you even have to ask? It's, uh, it's Toon oh, Link. Boy. And so uh, we're going with I Farted once again. Because uh, it, in every single Toon Link game, it has brought up nothing but just treasure. Just wonderful, <laughs> wonderful moments. So this will be the last time I get to do it. So for mine, I went with combining the name Link with Touch and came up with Tonk. <laughs> are you... Are you, are you is that how you're doing it? Wait. <laughs> yes. I just wanted to leave that there, Brad. Oh, okay. Just All right, that, cool. That response. I'm disappointed that nobody went for any train puns. Uh, in, in hindsight, maybe I should have called him Choo Choo or something. Um, <laughs> <laughs> hey, big big Choo Choo train man, <laughs> if I could fit that in there. <laughs> to be fair, like my wife referred to this game as um, uh, the train one, right? So, yeah, um, that, that's the official name of it, I think, the train one. So uh, before we get into the actual game, we're going to take a quick break and when we get back, we're going to talk about the big choo-choo game. (laughs) Take a time machine back to before the world went to hell around the year 2000. The 80s and 90s were so rad. The movies, the music, the TV, the games, that's what I want to talk about. If you're cool enough, join us and listen to Less Than 2000, because that's all we talk about. Adam and Chad live Less Than 2000, now part of the HyperX Podcast Network. The Chad of the Wild Podcast is part of the HyperX Podcast Network. HyperX is our sponsor and the maker of the acclaimed Quadcast and Quadcast 5 microphones. 
Quadcast USB mics look and sound amazing, and they're packed with features. With four selectable polar patterns, you'll get great sound no matter what you're recording. The included shock mount and pop filter mean you won't have to shell out extra cash for a great setup. Then there's the eye-catching LED indicator and tap-to-mute sensor, so you can tap in and tap out to stop broadcasting accidents. It's time for you to tap in with the HyperX Quadcast and Quadcast S. Hi, it's me, Jeremy Parrish, co-host of the Retronauts Podcast, the only video game history podcast that's been around so long, it's also a part of video game history. Every week, one of the motley rabble who hosts this show leads a deep dive into the past, whether it's to break down a classic franchise, learn more about a timeless game from its creator, or just wallow in nostalgia. Relive history with Retronauts, here on the HyperX Podcast Network. So we are back with Spirit Tracks. Uh, It does the opening that we're used to with a lot of these Zelda games, where it's talks about some old world and all of that uh and about how a bad thing happened uh they do call it the demon lord which that is ganon but i'm gonna guess ganon is not in this game i'm gonna go ahead and say you're right uh that we're just gonna have some other evil no and it would just seem weird um this of course is then uh shown to be a a story being told to us by old man nico yay look at him he still gets it you know he does this immediately made me confused Uh uh, because oh yeah i had to and i i never never do this uh i mean i stopped doing it a long time ago i consulted the timeline oh goodness Uh, me because i was now and then we get desperate enough to think we'll find (laughs) help and solace and comfort in those in that uh diagram but i don't know yeah i thought that you know everyone said like oh this is this is a direct sequel and all of that and then i'm immediately like how could this be a direct sequel Mm -hmm. like i mean sure we have old man nico here but now we have a new we have a new link and a new zelda and this link and zelda don't seem to know each other Uh uh-huh so I had to go into the book and I read some things and here is what is is supposed to have happened since then. There we go. Um th- and this would be very important and we did not see this in the previous game. Uh they discovered a new continent. Right. And they they went and colonized that continent. And that's where we're at now. We are mm-hmm. now 100 years later after they discovered a new land, created potentially a new castle they did say that they found the tower that we'll be dealing with they found it um well you know most civilizations are established uh next to a towering structure of ancient it's true it's true indiscriminate origin you get more points that way yeah that's Um, where uh uh, nordachico that's that's how that started and so, yeah, they do talk about Tetra as being a founder of this land in, in, in the book. And maybe there will be some things that will come across later in the game. But having, you know, still being so fresh from the other game and then jumping into this that is supposed to be a direct sequel and being like, where, what is this game? Like, other than one character being old now, everything else is totally <laughs> different. Do you see why I was so mad when... At the end of Wind Waker, I was like, I just, I want Wind Waker 2. I want a continuation of these these people, you know, 
trying to establish a new Hyrule. And you're like, well, you got the DS games. I'm like, no. No, those are not (laughs) sequels to Wind Waker. We will get there in a year and a half. But no. (laughs) I was also very confused because I remember in a previous episode, I mentioned that I just want a game where you get to play as Tetra, do like Tetra things. And Mm -hmm. uh, I think, Jeremy, you were like, oh, well, be careful what you wish for. And this is not a game with Tetra. This is a game with (laughs) some dude in a conductor hat and some lady named Zelda. (laughs) Yes, yes. This is is true. In in Wind Waker, they they take Tetra away halfway through the game. In Phantom Hourglass, Tetra's gone during the opening cutscene. And then in this game, I presume they're just like, no, she's dead, so don't worry about it. Don't even, we're not even going to go there. <laughs> I mean, the whole... I mean, we all know that the timeline is... Um, uh, trying to think of a good word. Exactly. Bunk. It's bunk. That's what I'll say. It's absolute trench. Uh, and... <laughs> like, it's, it's one of the things that I actually felt was... I, I'm, I'm not going to make this a regular thing, but it's one of the, the other downsides I thought about Skyward Sword was the fact that that felt like the first game that was made with the timeline in mind. To uh-huh. go, oh, this is yeah. set at the beginning. And I felt that, uh, it, I felt that it, it sort of cheapened it a little bit. But like, there's no need. There's no need to have things set in a timeline. And the weird, like, they could easily have just said, this this like spirit tracks didn't need to be set in the timeline. It didn't mm-hmm. need to be. It didn't need to worry about if it's on a different continent or the same continent or if it's the same link or a different Zelda. So why did they put Nico in there? Well, yeah, we have that. <laughs> it was in his contract. Also... Yeah, that's uh, very possible. To be fair, he signed up for yeah, a two-picture deal. Right. <laughs> he ended up being um, the smartest of the pirates. We just didn't know it. Old man Nico will return. <laughs> uh, so. We also get another character uh, of Alfonso, who is a descendant of Gonzo, who was mm. one of the people that went along with Tetra. He looks so similar to one of the other pirates, yeah. Yeah, and he's supposed to be the great-great-grandson. And there's supposed to be like a hundred years have passed in here. So, so is Nico like... is old as dirt. Nico's Me- super old. Meanwhile, this other guy, his family line has had like, Six generations. <laughs> and they're dead. In those hundred years. Nico, tell us your secrets. I'm scared of Nico now. Nico was five in the first two games. Uh... <laughs> yeah, he, he didn't realize. Um, but yeah, Alfonso shows up and shakes us a bunch to wake us up because, uh, did I even need to say it, Link, the first the first time we see Link, he's sleeping. Well, he's, he's fallen asleep to Nico's story. Um, right. Um, I mean, Nico said to me, uh, I can't believe this. You know I farted. A lot of people would love to be in your position. <laughs> As my roommate, you get to see my work for free. He's Nico's roommate. <laughs> you are an old man Nico's roommate. You are a child, and you are the roommate of this old, the, the, the elder of this island of which seven people live on. But that's always been an issue with well, He seems to be like an entertainer, so you get to see his... Uh, his set for free every night. Yeah. That doesn't uh, sound good. <laughs> Alfonso explains to us that we are running late for our test to become a conductor. Yay. Yay. Every night I what? go to bed and dream. Oh, yeah. I had something else. Hang on. Oh, yeah. Open that tome. Uh. 
Nope, wrong one. It's in the encyclopedia. Mm. Not the not the Historia. It's like uh, thumb, it? thumbing through a guide for a GTA game. <laughs> for the listeners, Jeremy is rummaging through his mahogany bookcase as we speak. Yes. <laughs> mahogany. Of of every Zelda book. <laughs> That's all I have. Uh there it will not surprise anybody that the reason they went with trains is because A.G. Ayanuma likes trains. Loves trains Damn. and motorcycles. and That was this week's Zelda fact. <laughs> <laughs> That's worth the price alone. He likes giant flying birds as well. <sighs> yeah. Uh, we are in our conquest to save the land against whatever evil will come. We are also going to be getting good at conducting a train in this Zelda game. I think this is one of the reasons why so many people overlook this game because the premise is just weird. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's one thing to like, you know, you've had, we've, we've had many ancient stories about heroes traveling to distant lands via boat or even like some kind of flying thing. They came across a giant Eagle and it took them somewhere and all of that. This is the first one that I know about that takes place on a train. Well, that's because no one's recontextualized this game the way I have been, uh, while we've been doing the show and referring to it as a Pac-Man homage, which it totally is. It totally it kinda is. is. It kind of is. I mean, I'm waiting for the point where I can read uh, read the game as, as an ex- extraordinarily biting satire on the uh, Industrial Revolution. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I promise you by the end of this season, I'll, I'll have drawn that parallel with, 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 a, with a lot of uh, foundation. I mean... Fantastic. I mean, uh you know, inappropriate uh, use of child labor has been a theme running throughout the Toon Link and Zelda uh, games. It's all quite Dickensian. I like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, you could go and talk to some people in this town. They don't say anything useful. It's it's tutorial stuff. It's pick things up. Here is something that I, I noticed immediately that I'm very happy with. To do your roll move, you don't have to do little circles at the edge anymore. Yeah, you just you, double tap. You just tap it. Fantastic. Hopefully we get more of those improvements throughout this. Brilliant we'll control see. mechanics. It's the first, only, time, first and only, only time we'll say that. Uh, since I am talking about the controls, BC, why don't you explain exactly how the Wii U works for this? Okay, uh, so first of all, I'll say poorly. Uh, second of all... <laughs> Obviously. Um, so I'm playing through the Wii U Virtual Console, and it's awesome that they have DS games ported here. I think it would make make more sense to just have these ds games i don't know available on the 3ds but i digress (laughs) Uh, so the the way it works is on your screen and on the gamepad you get a visual of a 3ds like I, i think this happens in other like emulated systems or emulated games on modern consoles where they kind of show the overlay of what it would have looked like, the device you would have been playing on. Uh, so you got okay. this, get this cropped in view of a DS, an open DS, and you have your two screens, and you basically use the um, Wii U pad as a touchscreen. Um, but the problem is, it's not that the, the bottom screen is on the Wii U pad and the top screen is on the TV. And if there's no. a way to make it that way, that would be amazing. No. No. Is there not? I thought there was like different options. Oh I, no! I think there's. If there is, I I just 
didn't have time to figure it out. So I hope Look there into is. It. Um, so, well, so hang on. But so, essentially, you're just playing <laughs> on a somehow lower resolution screen <laughs> than the DS. So like, um, if you're just moving around, I can look at my TV and like it looks fine on the TV. But as soon as you need to look at what you're touching on the touch screen, you just have to look at the gamepad. So I'm essentially playing on a picture of a DS on the Wii U gamepad. And it is not great. Uh, that's the most terrifying thing I've t- ever heard in my life. That's a worse idea than the timeline. Yeah, that's yeah. The worst idea. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm, having to go- I'm having to Google this so I can get a visual of it because it just sounds Oh horrible. my God. Hey, there, there are screen settings, Bezos, okay. so you, you should look into that. If you hit the, the ZR <laughs> button and you can go to screen settings, oh God. You, can, you can adjust the layouts. Yeah, it would be, okay. it would be great, and, and maybe I'm wrong, and it, it shows you this, and I'm going to get flamed in the comments, but it'd be nice <laughs> if that was permanently displayed on screen of hit this button to switch to a different view. Because I'm currently holding the Wii U gamepad with one hand and the stylus in the other. And it is not a fun experience. Anyway. No. No. Anyway. Uh, we then get to see, uh, after Alfonso explains to us, like, well, we're going to go and you're going to get your your stamp of approval from the princess herself. This is what the princess does nowadays. Is She just does paperwork for our train conductors. Yes. Uh, and in order to do that like your your first test is getting to the castle in under 300 seconds and then the game turns into almost like a professor layton looking puzzle thing <laughs> yeah. where you, you get this top little maze with the, with the little uh icons of other little trains going around and down at the bottom now we have something that is is similar to how the sailboat mechanics worked in the previous game except you are not controlling like where you're going you're only really controlling the speed at which you go mm-hmm. uh which honestly give me limited controls in this kind of setup because it was bad in the first place so i'm fine with this honestly i'm actually looking forward to this more than free form sailing that i was able to do mm-hmm and had to do uh, back and forth in that game a lot of the time. Yes. Uh, also, you you get a little a little pull thing that goes choo choo, and it's Looks, nice. I mean, I... that is the the greatest thing. Oh yeah, that's all. That's yeah. all you want. I mean, right? You know, that's what that's what I came for. I mean, that's that... what I got. I'm satisfied. <laughs> you know, um, I'm just going to phone the rest of this season in now. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> Best thing about trains. Yeah. yeah, that 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 pull cord, you know swept the awards at dice that year like, <laughs> i was almost a, i was almost a bit annoyed that it had a function you know you, you can use it to scare animals off right yeah, yeah right. it would have been better if it just did yeah, yeah you just, just do it for fun yeah. just here for for yeah no because i i'm constantly you know tugging on that thing so yeah and you could just hold it too which is great you yeah. can just keep it yeah. going yep literally set Brand. the uh, train to max speed and just held down on the board <laughs> like, hey, i think i'm set <laughs> It's the terror train. <laughs> Anything gets in my way, it's their fault. I, I was using my horn. This is what Ozzy was talking about all these years. This is the yeah. <laughs> uh, One of the functions that it does have so far is to scare off uh, cute little animals that might be standing on train tracks so you don't run them over. Mm-hmm. Uh, did any of you run them over? <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. Um, I didn't. Actually. I'm actually interested in what happens. Do we? Does mm, the train? I, I was, assume just the train takes damage. Yeah, yeah. They they're fine. Now, I 
<clears throat> I was wailing on the horn, um, but <laughs> because uh, they were too far away when I first started the horn, um, I had to, they, they didn't hear it. I would have had to stop honking the horn and then start it up again for the, it to register. And so I ran right into them because why would I stop the horn? So did you did you take damage yes. from it then? Yes, I did. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so what we also have to manage is when we get to intersections, we have to decide if we're going to go left or right, and you have to keep an eye on these other trains that are coming around and make sure that you don't run into them. Uh, you also go go across a stop that I don't know about you guys. Mm. I immediately stopped there because mm-hmm. I was like, "Can I do some more adventuring Not here, yet. please?" You've no, got 300 you seconds, okay? You, you're doing the... It's time to stop for a coffee. You, Absolutely. No. Not during Get your driver's test. No. Yeah, yeah. You, know, you know what? I, I'd say that's fair enough. Your your teacher was uh, too strict on you, Brian. <laughs> Serious business. I used to have cigarette breaks with my driving instructor, to be fair. <laughs> Uh, so we, we get through all of that. Uh, I did have a really close call with one of the trains as I was going through, but it just stopped. Like I got ahead of it and then it just stopped on okay. its own. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't know what happened there. Uh, you know, it, I, I was fine. Didn't take any damage or anything. I, so I, I had my eye off the ball and I went right into the back of one. I had to start again. I was so angry. <laughs> oh, it just like ends it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I'd start again. 300 oh. seconds. Do you want me to explain how to drive a train again? Absolutely. Ah. I've already everyone knows how to drive a train (sighs) I misinterpreted the first time you get to a crossroads and it's like it shows you where the other trains are going to turn but I Mm -hmm. thought it was telling me to turn right and not that the other train was turning to the right so I just smashed right into it Um, I also got into a point where I was almost to the castle and then another train was coming the opposite direction. Yeah. So I had to go in reverse, and there's this weird action movie scene of me oh, like, I love it. outrunning this train face to face, and then turning to the left so I can turn to the right, and then I can go back to the castle. Yeah, I, I had a bit of that as well. Um, I know that Zelda games have often been uh, Zelda games have often been criticised for having too much hand holding, but um, I'm going to say based on our experiences. It's almost certainly necessary. Oh. <laughs> I was going to say, I, I thought at first I was the only one that would have, like, aced my test, but BC's action movie moves right here, like, absolutely, he won this. <laughs> yeah, I did I did this twice because the first time, because I played this yesterday, and then this morning I was like, I could just erase my file and do this again in 10 minutes, so <laughs> why not? Why not just, just do it again just, just to make sure I catch everything? But uh, the first time I was going too slow, and so I was basically just stuck in traffic the whole time, like slowly riding behind each train as they got out, of, eventually got out of my way. But today, yeah, uh, you're if you start at full speed at the very beginning, you can um, get there a lot faster and make some very perilous crossings, including a a uh, uh, a. A, a race to park like bc was talking about <laughs> <laughs> love that so that brings us to the castle town uh the town that we always get to see first before we make it into the hyrule castle and this is actually where we are going to be wrapping up this episode not much going on just an introduction uh to both the game and to jonathan will be joining us for uh at least the majority of this season Booyah. uh 
So for the next episode, we are going to be completing the Forest Temple. Very exciting. There's going to be a boss there. There's going to be an item of some power there. Um, We'll we'll see. There might be a train there. Don't know. (laughs) If there's not, we're going to bring one. Could be a train wreck. (laughs) It could very well be a train wreck. Let's find out. (laughs) Do all that. Meet back here, and we'll talk about it on Chat of the Wild. Choo-choo! <laughs> oh, good. Yes. yes. That's what I came for. <laughs> <laughs>